All right, here we go. Phantom Menace, three, two, one. Here we go. This turn of events is unfortunate. We must accelerate our plans. Begin landing your troops. My lord, is that legal? I will make it legal. And the Jedi? The Chancellor should never have brought them into this. Kill them immediately. Yes, yes, my lord, uh, as you wish. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. We say the greater good. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I expected nothing less. <laughs> Honestly, what you guys did last week was so great that it, it's... Yeah, uh, it's all downhill from there. It really that's, is going to be all just... downhill from here. Um, yeah. Uh, this is episode 345. 45, gentlemen and lady. We are only five away from 350. This is incredible. We're going to have to find something big. Something big and fun to do. I'm looking forward to it. This is episode... What? 345. And that's nearly double Sam's age. <laughs> oh, just 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 barely. Uh, we're, tonight we're talking about the Phantom Menace. That's right. We are doing Star Wars: The Prequels now. Yes. Well, we'll explain why in just a little bit. Uh, there's a very very good reason, and uh, she will tell us why in just a minute. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. Let's intro a really cool good guy and bad guy and then kill them, Jimison. That's kind of how I I would write any story. If I were going to write something, I would say, hey, check this out, and then kill them off in the first chapter <laughs> just so that we could never see them again or hear from them again until we get them in ghost form or they're strangely resurrected Later on in an animated series. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, one of those is actually true. Uh, Sam also has giant blue balls, Vector. (laughs) What? Where did we just go? I don't know. Um, I don't normally do that joke, but I mean, you're going to have giant blue balls in your movie. I'm going to, I have to say something. By the way, Sean, if there's there's one way uh, to kill you uh, in honor of this movie, sure, it would certainly not be by any kind of droid because they suck. Yeah, they really, really suck. So somehow you survive this one because they simply they're worse <laughs> than the freaking stormtroopers. Stormtroopers, they they just can't. That's just horrible. So you survive. You would think that robots designed. Yeah, 344 yeah. episodes, Sean, and you finally survived. There's intro. actually been a couple so. other ones that you spared me because you felt so bad that we yeah. had to watch the movie. You're like, this movie was punishment enough. You're gonna get you get to live tonight. I think that's happened, and that before. maybe that's part of it too. <clears throat> yeah. So all right, oh. Oh. and making her cheap seat reviews triumphant return is Melissa 
often does her hair in ridiculous shapes, Apple? <laughs> uh, no. Oh, okay. Oh, you don't. You don't, you don't, you don't do the crescent roll. That? <laughs> I thought it looked like she had a cat on her head at one point, where where it went kind of like all the way over. Yeah. I like the uh, I like the T right where it goes up and then horizontal and then down like chandelier or like a ceiling fan that you would change the the speed of. Yeah, it's for air for airflow current, yeah. you know, just to to maintain humidity in that region. And it's just crazy that like no one else we see in her world dresses like that, right? It's just her, and and she only has like six inches of hair, yet somehow she's able to. I don't know. It's just you remember it's called extensions. Sam, you got remember an idea. Um, got an idea. Let's go ahead and elect a twelve-year-old yeah. with gigantic hair, and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds that sounds fine. Sounds solid. Maybe that's that how like she got. Solid plan. Maybe that's how she got elected. You know, like all the other 12, 13 year thirteen-year-old girls had normal hair, and she's like, "But look what I can do!" And the electorate <laughs> was like, "That's a good point." It's like a straight out of Hunger Games, right? The, the wilder and the crazier it is, they love it. So, yeah. <laughs> In the interview, she said, t- they said, tell us why you should be queen. And she said, two seconds. She pulls out a curling iron. Yeah. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> you remember? Can of uh, Rave, our Aquanet. Yeah. <sighs> Aquanet. There well, we go. You remember Sam when Stars. we were watching uh, um, Stardust and yep. when Robert. De Niro is doing Tristan's hair and like he has short yeah. hair in one cut and then the camera cuts away and he goes back and his hair is down past his shoulders. And he like, even yeah. like he like looks confused at it and then like comes back and it's like regular size again. Like that's what like her hair is. Like it has the magical ability to just be three <laughs> feet longer for whatever reason. Anyway, I did not realize that we were going to spend more than 10 seconds on her hair, but there we go. So uh, Melissa, welcome back. This is a lot of fun. It is. <laughs> um, Good to have you back. So, so I'm, I'm glad that you cho- you chose to come back despite the restraining order you took out against us. That's right. That's true. Well, Thank you. Yeah. It expired, and I felt like it was time. <laughs> it expired. I didn't know those things had expiration dates. That's cool. They do. <laughs> I tried to get it for longer, though. Well, yeah, maybe that's that's what this is. This is this is the uh, this is the, the only way she found to to get that. This restored, is yeah. So. This is the evidence that you'll submit to the judge to say, "See, this is the problem." <laughs> or I'm just torturing you guys by saying to watch this crappy movie. Well, <sighs> so this this is your fault, 100 percent your fault. So I said yeah. about welcome fi- about five minutes after we recorded the last episode, which we did American President, or as someone yeah. re- recently referred to it as West Wing the movie. I think that was actually <laughs> last night or tonight. Um. I said, hey, when do you want to come back? That was a lot of fun. It was a good episode. And you said, I'll do it if you do a Star Wars movie. And I said, well, we've already done all of the ones since Disney purchased them. And you said, well, then let's do a prequel. And I'm like, uh, okay, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> so so here we so are. welcome. Yeah, so here we are uh, doing the prequels. Um, Thank you, Melissa. We appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> oh, no, man. and honestly, as much as we're going to kind of, I think, poo-poo this movie over the next hour, I, um, 
I actually enjoyed watching it because I watched it with my eight-year-old and uh, my eight-year-old son. So he is huge into Star Star Wars. He loves Star Wars. Um, he plays the video game. He plays Battlefront Two and the and the and the Squadron game on my Xbox and. Uh, in fact, recently he's got, a prince, uh, he, he's got a poster of Princess Leia, a slave Leia above his bed. No, he just definitely does not have that. Uh, but he does have several <laughs> Star Wars posters. In fact, you know those um, those like wall clings. He has an entire battle scene in his bedroom. There's a Death Star and a Falcon and a bunch of X wings and oh, Tie cool. fighters and lasers. Like the whole bedroom is is kind of chaos because it's an eight year old, but it's it's full of Star Wars and he's got a lot of Star. So Star Wars is like. It for him and Minecraft, which he actually bought uh, uh, some Star Wars skins. Anyway, not the point. The point is that this weekend, I was actually really excited to sit down and watch. We watched A New Hope together. I finally felt he was old enough to sit and watch A New Hope and appreciate it. And he got done watching it, and I'm like, "What'd you think?" You know, because like, like this movie is a movie that has meant so much to me, and it's like one of those things where you like you really want him to be like, "It was the greatest movie ever," and he was like. It was pretty good. It's kind of old, <laughs> but it was pretty good. And I, said, I said, okay. I said, that's fair. And my wife's like, he's only eight. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm not upset. It's fine. Don't hurt the child. Yeah, no, he's it, only eight. it's totally fine. It truly is. I'm, I'm just glad that I got the chance to watch it. And maybe we still have to feed him yeah. and clothe him. <laughs> so what I was I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real honest I was actually worried That he would then watch this and go Oh this is so much better dad That's, that, that's what I was oh, yeah. That's what I was worried yeah, about right? Yeah, I can see that And so we're watching it And you know when you're a parent right And you're excited for Or not just a parent But like when you're watching a movie That you've seen a thousand times And you're watching it with someone new You kind of look over at their reactions So there was a couple of moments where I'm looking over at him and he's not reacting at all, right? Like the parts where I think the George Lucas wants children to laugh, he's not laughing at. And I'm thinking, mm. interesting. And, I, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But So we finally got done tonight. We finished it tonight. And I said, what'd you think? He goes, it was okay. And I said, did you like this one or A New Hope better? And he said, I like them both the same. I said, really? He huh. said, yeah, they're both fine. Okay, <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna be interested. But I, I bet though, if you asked, do you like this better or the Clone Wars series, he would say the Clone Wars series. He probably would because or or Rebels or something. Yeah, yeah because that's but there's also a way more content and frankly better storytelling. It is much better story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, well, is, isn't it kind of like what you start out on is what you gravitate to as well? Like, that's so what I've start, heard too. You yeah. know, yeah. I mean, no, there's a lot of. That's truth why that. yeah. I I exposed my children to the four, five, and then one, two, three, and we're gonna do six here, probably this weekend. So cool. We're just we're doing we're doing the right order of things. Yeah. And if my parents hadn't given me rum as a child, I would not be drinking it now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> So before we get too much farther into this thing, if by some chance you're not sure which movie this is, if you're listening to this and you're a casual Star Wars fan and you're like, oh, there's like 11 movies, right? Like, I don't even know which one this is. Andrew is here to enlighten you. Wait, wait, wait. Is there such a thing as a casual Star Wars fan? Yeah. You either love it yes. or you hate it. Right? Yeah. No, yeah. there's, there's a, I know, 
I mean, yeah, I think there's 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 a lot of casual fans that are just like people that are like, I know what it is. It's kind of neat. I saw it in the theater one time. I'm good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think there are those people. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if they listen to this podcast, but they, they might be that. They might. Well, they might probably be. not. Not our demographic. You're you're right. I mean, no. you're not wrong. I think you're right. Um, oh, speaking of demographics, this is actually kind of cool. So the podcast, we've been an international podcast for many years. Um, we have consistent listeners in England and Spain and France, which I think is just really, really cool, by the way. Um, we have had downloads in Russia, which is interesting, uh, but mainly because we literally did a Russian film by a Russian director. So I think that kind of helps with that. And and there's been some other kind of random Middle Eastern places that I honestly just think was like like a like a soldier. A bot. Well, maybe maybe a bot. <laughs> You're not yeah. But yeah. Maybe, maybe like someone that was deployed there. Could be. Because yeah. it was like one download in Afghanistan. Bosnia. One, yeah. So anyway, so we've we've hit a lot of the continents and we can now add South America to our list of continents. We had downloads for our episode of Willow in Chile or Chile. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, which is cool. And uh, thank you, Chileans. Yeah, Chileans. Yeah, we don't have any in Africa or Antarctica, but not, well, not, in, not in Central Africa. No, oddly enough, Central <laughs> Africa is actually boycotting the show. That is a deep cut. <laughs> Go back and listen to our episode on Congo. Uh, obviously, North America, we've got covered. We actually have one in Honduras for Central America, which is kind of neat. Uh, we do have listeners in Australia, and we've had a handful of downloads in Vietnam. So we've got like Southeast Asia covered. And then, uh, yeah, I'm super. Vietnam. Yeah. And so our Canadian listeners, as well as our. Uh, our, our British and our other European listeners, I'm, I'm very thankful. I mean, it's just super cool that you guys... Hey, I know that yep. Canadian guy. Do you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you Good story. Me, you caught me off guard with that one. I that, saying, we that do. moment of silence we, brought to you by disbelief. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we all do know a Canadian that we play video games with, but he has 100% told me he's not listened to our show, which is fine. No, no, no. I know the other guy. The other Canadian? Yeah, the other one. Oh, there's more than, I think there's oh. more than two. Nope. <laughs> well, there has to be because I'm, I'm actually, uh, I have actually booked a Canadian to come on our podcast in about a month or so. So not only are we going to be an internationally listened to podcast, but we will be an internationally produced podcast, which is pretty neat. Oh, I hope that he fits all the Canadian stereotypes, too. Oh, don't you know. I really hope that he's, like, super friendly, even when we cuss him out. I, I don't know. We'll find he out. Says, he has a, his podcast is called Film Rage. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. but and what kind of rage can a Canadian really have? Well, that is entirely be honest. I mean, I did listen to an episode, and there was a lot <laughs> less yelling than I thought there was going to be. But that's okay. Uh, but Phil, go check out Film Rage uh, at your convenience, <laughs> so you can to uh, listen to our our upcoming guest. Now that I've done all of that and wasted all of your time on talking about the podcast, let's talk about Star Wars: Phantom Menace, Andrew. 
Two Jedi escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the Force, but the long-dormant Sith resurface to claim their original glory. Okay. Bravo. Yeah. yeah. There we are. Yeah. Is that from IMDb? <sighs> yeah. The long the, dormant Sith. The long dormant, yeah. Okay. Well, they, they got. They, they even said, say a uh, thousand generations, right, or a thousand years, or something like that in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Bleah. Okay, that's At fine. To be like to hibernate before we come back to claim our throne. They're like they're like really dark cicadas. Yeah. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> I'm glad you went there because I was thinking that too, which is weird. Um, yeah, yes. They merge every you know 17 years and make a lot of noise and then die off. So. Actually, yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah, Sith are like cicadas. I like that. C- Sith cadas? There's, there's a pun Sith-cadas. there. Sith cadas. Trademark. A... Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sith cadas. Oh, my gosh. Yep, trademark. There we go. Yeah. So, Sam, why don't yeah. you hit us with your five-word review? All right. I've got three here, um, and I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I would hope nothing uh, else. The, this is a, the first one is a hot pile of gung and poo. Gungan poo, okay. Gungan poo, almost. And my another one is is only three words, but it's pretty much sums it up. Almost completely irredeemable. Oh wow! And my my favorite one for this is shiniest turd I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. This don't hold back. Is I I waited years and years and years for Star Wars to come back to life, right? I was. Pretty much, you know, the, my childhood was all about Star Wars. If there, I, I collected Transformers, I collected Star Wars figures, and I watched these movies religiously, wearing out the tapes. We watched them so much. So when we heard that Lucas was was coming back with prequels, my everybody's expectation was absolutely through the roof. That's part of the problem to begin with, right? Everybody expected Lucas to come back and. And have kind of that that special style, that special sauce that he was able to create with the first three, or at least the first one. And it is, oh, it's just completely not there. And it, it's just, it's such a disappointment. And there there are a few things in this movie that he did well, but there is so much that he did wrong. There's so much that he did wrong that it is. It's surprising to me that Star Wars was able to survive this this movie. It really is. Um, and and I'm just I don't know. I'm just it makes me sad watching this again. And, and number one because I watched it maybe a month ago with my kids, right? And the graphics are bad. The story is horrendous. The characters are undeveloped and stupid. The you know, the, the the, the the logic isn't there and the Jedi are so OP that you there is no stakes in this movie until Darth Maul comes and, and fights him, which is probably my favorite part of it. And the only redeemable quality is Duel of Fates and and the Darth Maul fight. But even then, how stupid is it that that Darth Maul is, is hanging over uh, Obi-Wan and you know, showering him with sparks when he could simply, you know, cut off a hand or a head, um, or simply drop the lightsaber on him 
uh, to kill him off and get him out of the way. So it's just there's so many bad decisions in this movie uh, that that I fully and completely put it at the foot of of Lucas and the inability for him to take criticism on anything dealing with stories or characters within this. Does it look good? Like I said, it's a shiny, shiny turd, right? It's got interesting stuff that would sell toys to eight-year-olds. But does it make any sense? No. Does it care make you care about the characters? No. Does it even matter in the overarching Anakin story arc? No. This is just, it's a bad movie and should never have been made. Well, to your very very specific point about how the franchise survived this movie, it survived this movie because it made a billion dollars. Well, mm-hmm. that's because everybody expected, right? Well, I mean, uh, it, I'm just it, I'm giving you a real world reason. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're in the desert and you need water, you're going to drink whatever water's in front of you, even if the the camel just pissed in it. Sure, I mean, yeah, I mean, if John Carter had made a billion dollars, they'd be seven of those movies. But instead, it made yep. thirty-eight million, which is why they didn't make any more. Um, yeah, yeah. I I disagree with some of the things you said, but we'll we'll get into that. Andrew, do you want to yep. go there? Well, like a hand knitted sweater from Grandma, this is the gift that no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my five word reviews, I have two of them. Thanks, George Lucas, you jerk. <laughs> uh, I kind of had to channel my inner Sean for that one because that's, that's something he says, you jerk. jerk uh, and then the other one that I have is a little racist, are we? <laughs> Yeah. Is it, is, yeah. Do you think it's it's worse or, or, or better than the Transformer racism? No, this one is, uh, it's bad. You know, there's moments in this. Uh, they might as well just say, they might as well have the, uh, the Gungans in uh, run, uh, run DMC shirts and then uh, <laughs> straight out of Compton stickers on the back of their... <laughs> Their transports, and then yeah. the Trade Federation should be apparently driving around with their blinkers on and eating rice. That's what should be happening right now. <laughs> That's how racist this movie is. Uh, and I know I just made it worse by saying the things that I said because those yeah. are very racist as well. But that <laughs> in, in a bitty. <laughs> but. But that's what this movie is. It's, we just lost all of our African-American all of, and yeah. Asian listeners, and I apologize. So you can you can go ahead and cross off those people that we added. Yeah, there goes Maybe Eastern we'll pick Asia. up another Canadian. But, um, yeah, I mean, this movie, it just, I don't know. Maybe I'm a little more, uh, I guess, Woke, I don't know. Is that the term? Is that the thing that kids say now? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just maybe a little more aware of it because this time as watch as I watched it, I just picked up on it. Like I always picked up on it, especially those trade federation people. But uh, you know, the just... crazy thing is, I never, I never realized they were they were spoofing Asians in in as never? trade federation. No, I knew the Gungans, but I never. Oh. I never thought about the Trade Federation being 
big caricatures. Yeah, and they are. And, you know, George Lucas should have just left this alone. I mean, you know, put it in a book, leave it alone with the book, that's fine. Yeah. But he his issue is he always tries to be too uh, too spectacular, and he ruins it with this. I mean, okay, let me back up. Let me hold on. When we got the original three, four, five, and six, we had some really great new technology that really took the film industry really far in a lot of aspects. Yep. Um, and we wouldn't have some of the stuff that we have today if not for George Lucas and if not for Star Wars. And industrial light magic is, is right. Right. And I think that that. I think we tried to do, I think he tried to do this again with the prequels. I think we saw technology available and saw the changes that were happening in film. And again, just, I, I think he overdid it. I think if he had stayed simple or gone with those original filming, uh, uh, skills, you know, mm-hmm. rather than trying to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. And I know this is, I know Star Wars, the prequels are not uh, the, the pioneer movies of any of these uh, visual effects, but I don't know. I think you just try to take them too far. Um, and it, it just kind of ruined it. But I agree with everything you said, Sam, as far as I think the story's weak. I think the characters are. I don't care about them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that everyone who's watched this agrees that Jar Jar is the most annoying uh, character ever in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And and uh, Hayden Christensen was the worst choice for Anakin, uh, even though he's not really in this one. Uh, they, the whole character of Anakin in these three is just this whiny little kid. Even when he's an adult, he's a whiny little kid. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Well, and and think... let me let me piggyback on that as 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 well in terms of kid. You guys know, one of my biggest complaints on the the movie Ender's Game was that the kids were all too old, right? And I need you guys to remind me of things like Phantom Menace when they have these younger actors, and and how bad it can be. Um, <laughs> that that I am completely and utterly wrong. Um, in terms of my uh. My uh, my opinion on that type of thing, um, because Anakin's just not good in this movie. The kid actor is just not good in this movie. I so I was thinking about that, and I knew we were going to get here at one point. And I was thinking to myself, is that I'm actually going to leave Jake Long, it's the name of the kid, alone in this because I think he's doing the best that he can. And oh yeah. And I oh, also, yeah, I'm not, that doesn't mean he's a good actor. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not saying, that doesn't, I don't, it doesn't mean he, he's not, you know, he's, he's well directed. It just, yeah. And it I means think that's that part, of, part of the it's problem. It's rare to have a, a good young actor. You're not wrong. Yeah. Little, little kid actors being good, are, it, it is hard, right? I mean, like we just saw the little girl in Kong versus Godzilla and she was really good. Now she had to deliver zero lines. All she had to do <laughs> was act, you know, visually. Right. But she was really good at those things, so we have no idea how she would have been delivering lines. I just, I'm just going to go on record and say I don't think Jake's actually all that bad. Um, I thought he did fine with what he was asked to do. He was not given a lot of good things to do. You're right; he has yeah. come across as whiny. But I think 
George is trying to coaching. Yeah, I think George is trying to get us to to realize that Anakin has a lot of mommy issues, and which is what ultimately leads to his demise is because of these issues and these feelings and all the things that Yoda says. Let's let's not forget that Luke was also pretty whiny in A New Hope. He was. He was whiny in every movie. Yeah, yes. not just New Hope. He was whiny. So, he was he was his maximum whiniest in in A New Hope. Um, um the last Jedi was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, Remember I he threw I, the lightsaber down the side of the mountain. That's drew true. a temper tantrum for like the first half of the film. Oh, the last Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I. <laughs> Maybe it's maybe it's a familial uh, a familial trait, you know. There you go. It's yeah. genetic. Whininess is genetic. I don't know. It still doesn't. It still points out a lack of directorial influence in terms of making it good, right? Um, either keep the kid, sh- you know, shut up. Figure out a different way to to express those lines or express the ideas that the kid is saying. Age the kid, which is probably what he should have done, is had Anakin be a little bit older and even used uh, uh, the, the actor you would have used in all three movies. Um, it would make the whole Padme relationship yeah. less creepy. Yeah. Um, it's just, again, it's there's so many bad directorial decision-making decisions, and that's just, that's just one of the big ones in, in my mind. I remember being in ninth grade when this came out, which ages me i guess but not as much as it does sam so that's cool um (laughs) so i remember at that time (laughs) i remember at that time thinking and as a ninth grader thinking okay this relationship is very wrong (laughs) right Uh, and i don't know i agree i think maybe he should have been a little bit older i think an older actor would have been better for this part but i think for the story they want to train younglings as as young kids and so i think for that reason he tried to keep him young but if that's the case make padme a little younger you know i don't know yeah or or simply find a different way to say that story about not training jedi or 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 a different way to do it well they they, I mean, they they go into it that he's too old, and, and right. The, and the reason why they he's too old is because the younglings are are taken from their families at such a young age so that they don't miss their parents. They don't have yeah. that yeah. attachment to parents. You know, like I mean, it's kind of a messed up system. Let's just be real. The Jedi are kind of insane with with a lot of that yeah. stuff, but it's a cult. You're not wrong. It's just a cult that can fight really well. So, uh, anyway, Melissa, what was your five word review? You said you had uh, several. I have two. Uh, one is it's better than episode two. And then <laughs> my second one is before it got very ooey. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 I will take this over the second one any day of the week just because that Padme and Anakin relationship really creeps me out because you go from you go from this episode where he's like eight and she's like 
20 probably because she's running an entire well she's race like of people, no she's right? legit like 13 she's supposed to be yeah, like 13 it, or 14 but it feels like she's 20 uh-huh. right yeah yep and then the next one all of a sudden he's like very weird very awkward and like i can't take it so this one's a lot better in, in my in my thoughts i believe but i don't know i um I remember right before this came out, when they announced this and they started putting out all the promotional stuff that you could buy. And I remember I bought, I looked and looked for it. It was that promotional, it was the poster where they had, it was up against like a pyramid and it was the Anakin, little Anakin walking, but Darth Vader's shadow uh-huh. behind him. Yeah, I still yeah, have yeah. it. Yeah, I loved yeah, that we- poster. I was so <sighs> pumped for the movie. And then whenever it got... I remember going to watch it on release and I remember being so excited for it. And then whenever I got out of there, I was so mad the entire way home. And I was just like, <laughs> what just happened? Why, <laughs> why is this even a thing? And you know? I wonder how many people felt that way. Everyone like, you know, right. I yeah. wonder if, I mean, cause I honestly, I wasn't a huge star Wars fan as a kid. My dad was a huge star Wars fan. Um, and, that's how I was introduced to Star Wars. And so as a kid, I watched four, five, and six before they were four, five, and six. Yeah. And and so when this one came out again when I was in ninth grade, I thought, okay, I, you know, kind of curious. But when I walked out of the theater, I wasn't extremely upset because I just I guess like you said, I was kind of a casual Star Wars fan at that time mm-hmm. um and so when i saw that it didn't bother me that much but now that i have gotten older and i've watched them all many times and I've, my kids are into it and and we've seen the series and all the different series and things uh now i get it you know i get why people would have walked out of there upset and i didn't get that back then i just thought yeah it's okay i, I was a lot like your your son yeah. Okay. That it's interesting, yeah. Andrew. I I I'm trying to remember because I this would have come out all of the Star Wars movies. I think all of them except like Solo came out at Christmas. That was their thing. They were all Christmas releases, and so Christmas of '99 would have been going into my senior year. No, right? I think it was. Uh, it was in. It was right after. Um... It was like around May or something because it was like graduation. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah, May 23rd, 99. Yeah. Yep. I think it was Christmas. I don't know. Whatever. Weren't, weren't the three new ones Christmas releases, though? Yeah. No. You know what I'm thinking? Maybe I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings were Christmas releases. The, all, the three of those were Christmas releases. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, so Harry so, Potter was always Christmas. Oh, maybe that's what it was, too. Okay. I'm conflating yep. them. Sorry. So May 23rd of 1999, I would have been a junior in high school. And I remember going to the theater and seeing it. And I actually remember being kind of in awe of the technology, of the spectacle of the thing. Right? Like, I think this was this was geared for a younger, you know, younger than me. But this movie worked on me enough that a lot of the things that bother me now didn't bother me then. Uh-huh. And I, I and I was I would probably say I was a bigger fan than Andrew. I mean, I wore those tapes out. We had them on tape, and I'm 
I remember the summer when we moved, um, I grew up in a little town called High Point in North Carolina, and my parents were having the house built, and we couldn't afford to live in a house while having another one built, so we sold the house and then lived in our camper at the campground for five months while the house was built. So if it was a rainy day, it means I couldn't go swimming at the campground or go fishing or whatever. I was watching Star Wars because we didn't bring with us our entire movie collection on VHS into the camper. So I probably watched legit these, this trilogy 20 times that summer alone. Oh. Um, I mean, these are probably the three movies I've seen. I would argue maybe Wrath of Khan. I've probably seen more, but maybe. So anyway, but I, I was very excited, like a lot of you, or all of you were, when they announced that this thing was coming out. I just remember being so excited, and I don't remember being let down. It wasn't until the second one came out, and then I remember thinking, there's some stuff in the first one that doesn't really work, but there's a lot that still works for me. So my five-word review, I, didn't, I haven't said that yet, so I'm going to do my five-word review, because I want to talk about the stuff that I liked, because I don't want this just to be you know, shit on Star Wars. <laughs> but with well, that... It's not, it's, not, it's not poo on Star Wars. It's poo on... On, on this, this movie and, and George movie. Lucas yeah. and stuff like that. So with that, literally with me saying that, I will then say my five-word review of my least favorite Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Simple. I, I This was my least favorite. I know, Melissa, you said you'd rather watch this than the second one. I I can't track with you there, but... It's not. I, I'm with Melissa not, on that one. It's not the much different. It's really bad. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. Second I haven't one. watched the second one, like sat through it in a while. So yeah. maybe this time do watching it. it oh, I'm going yeah. to yeah. When, when, when we do it, yeah, when we do <laughs> we it, do it next week. There's about. Sounds like a dare. It's like Terrible. a two plus hour movie, right? <laughs> it's two twenty. Yeah. So, yeah. So they 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 have about two hours worth of filler in a twenty minute movie. Well, so. it's not just filler. It's just Anakin being weird. Yeah. There is a lot of, and I do remember a lot of like lingering smiles and lingering looks. And, and it is weird how, because these movies are supposed to be in time to real life. They're supposed to be three years apart. So it is yeah. weird that eight-year-old Jake turns into 16-year-old Anakin in three years. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it, it is yeah. weird. So, but... Some of the stuff that still works on me, and I and I and Andrew, you might remember this. I don't remember if you were living with me or not. So when it was one of the years in college, and I had just bought my new subwoofer for the apartment. I remember that. Yeah. And the first movie I tested my subwoofer out on was Phantom Menace. I had the DVD. I had the very nice DVD set that had pictures and a book and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I p- watched the pod racing scene on that with surround sound. Yeah. I mean, at the time, five point surround sound, and we're talking 2002, that was kind of a big deal. Um, yeah. And with that subwoofer, I had it nestled in the corner kind of under. We, we had a, a tiered seating. We actually had a couch on a piece of lumber on It was like blocks. a movie theater. It was like a movie theater. We had two tiered seating. It was really, really kind of nice. And I remember the guy, I was on the first floor of an apartment, and the guy on the third door, third floor came down, knocked on my door, and said, hey, man, I, I know I don't want to be that guy, but like you're shaking my dishes. And I was like, hey, I'm just, <laughs> just checking out the new subwoofer, watching the Star Wars. And he stayed and like watched the rest of the pod racing scene and then left, and I turned the, because I had it 100%, right? You back it down to 50. But 
the pod racing scene still works for me as the spectacle that it is. You know, like, it's kind of a beautiful... The sound design is amazing. Okay, I just want to get that out of the way. Listening to it on my new sound system that I have now on my 65-inch TV, it the sound design works really well for this movie. Yeah. And and I know I'm, I feel like maybe I'm only giving you know love to Industrial Light and Magic and Skywalker uh, sound, but... Well, yeah, you have to. Yeah. It, 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 they, they, I mean... The look, like I said, it's a shiny turd, and it it looks amazing. Well, Do I wish it was a little bit more lived in and puppetry and things like that? Absolutely. But it still has pretty cool design elements in, in all of that. I will say this. Have you ever been to a, a NASCAR race? You, uh, yes. I've, I've not sat and, and we, one. I've worked with them. I've never. Yeah. yeah. We uh, um, we could pretty much assume that, that the pod the pod race is, is a lot like a NASCAR race, right? Is, yeah. Yes. Where they're, you know, yeah. going around. If you ever go to a NASCAR race, <laughs> minus one of the, the people reasons... shooting at them as they go by. Yeah. Well, yeah. It depends on where it is. Um, but yeah. You, you have, if you happen to, to sit in decent seats, you're going to be able to see the entire track, right? There is a reason why it's more interesting to be able to see the entire track because you can see what happens unless there's drones above Uh these racers showing this gigantic track that that's so remote that, that sand people are, are, are shooting them, you know, in, in the middle of it. I don't see how there's a draw to it because as far as we can tell the, the design of this, this sport is the finish line. Right, you yeah. get to see him cross the finish line, and that's about that's it. it. It's and then that, that's well, kind of it's like how this movie is, right? It looks great, it sounds great, it it, it there's an idea, but the uh, the the execution of it all doesn't coalesce and does not make sense. Well, she was holding an iPad, right? She was holding her pad. She right. was watching something. So I think you're right. I think yeah. there are some kind of drone cameras floating around at 400 miles per hour, keeping track of what's happening. So there would, and yeah. there would have to be some kind of jumbotron there for people to experience, because they're cheering when people explode and stuff. Like, like they're aware of what's happening. So I'm, I'm going on the, yeah. on what information the movie gave me to say that. Oh, you know, they they have some kind of drone. I mean, the announcer guy from Whose Line Is It Anyway has to have some kind of cameras because he's commentating on as people are crashing and whatever. So Yeah. I, I did I did appreciate that Steve Jobs helped us out with some iPad usage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so again, No wonder. No wonder he did so well for sure. himself. Yeah. Uh, he got to a galaxy far away. So back to so staying here at the pod race and and to your point, Sam, and <laughs> no, seriously, here's one of the things that one of the things that we love about Star Wars four, five, and six is that it's kind of a western, right? Because not just the yeah. fact mm-hmm. that Tatooine is dirty and sandy and whatever, because when they go to the other planets, it's jungle and and frozen tundra. But it's still kind of a Western because everything is weird and dirty and grimy and like the Falcon looks like it's, you know, about to fall apart at any time. And like even the X-Wings look battle hardened and scarred. And 
Yep. And then we get to Naboo and everything is perfect and clean and their fighters look like little model toys because they're so clean and perfect. The reason why I like the pod racing scene is because those pod racers are all weird looking and dirty and 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 like that that moment, literally the pod racing scene and the battle at the end are the only two moments where I'm like, this feels like Star Wars. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's the but that's the only action in the entire movie. And that was one of my complaints. Yeah. Like there's no more action in that, like anywhere. There's it's, like what, one fight in the beginning and then at the end. Yeah. That's, I mean, star Wars needs to be a little bit more action to keep you because otherwise it's like this lull the entire time, you know, they're discussing stuff and they're meeting with the council and they're meeting with the, Everybody, like it's just yeah, it's just a bunch yeah. of meetings. I feel like I'm sitting in on a meeting when I'm watching him, you know. But but at that same point, that's what makes the, the next two so bad, is that they jam packed it with so much useless action, and and, and non story driven action, that the, that it makes it that it makes it bad. Now I don't know if that was you know a, a, a how do you say it a reflection of this first movie and the problems with it, but um, it's certainly certainly says something, you know, who cares about trade? You know, I'm in a, I'm for good Lord, I teach economics at a college level and I'm sitting here bored to death about trade law and, and trade <laughs> and blockades where I should be like, Oh man. Yeah. That, that makes complete sense that the, a trade federation, a federation that wants trade and deals with trade is blockading the trade of a parent of, of a planet. That Imagine no what sense. the tariffs must be, right? <laughs> so it's just—it's we should have a prequel. And the taxes, yeah, we literally, should, oh like God, it, the taxes. It, it's like the Jake kid wrote this script, and and Lucas was like, "Yeah, man, that sounds great to me." No, because if Jake would have written it, it would have been way more of the Jar Jar bumbling and the robots punching each other in the face. It would have been more of the yeah. three, three Stooges comedy, which I hate. By the way, by the oh, way, God. Notice yeah. that I haven't complained a whole lot about Jar Jar, even though you know I, I made the, the little thing on there. Yeah, and I do that because they are desperately trying to to do the Ewok thing, right? Um, yeah. See, here's the thing, though: the Ewoks are at least cute. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like Wicket is the only, literally, in the entire all of the Ewok battle and Return of the Jedi. There's only one bumbling moment, really. It's when Wicket does the thing where he's going to spin the rock and the thing gets around his, his neck and he like hits himself in the head. That's the only kind of bumbling time with the Ewoks. The rest of the time, you know, yeah, they're kind of falling down and stuff, but for the most part, they're actually contributing to the story. Whether you think it's a yeah. valuable contribution is not the point. They're contributing to the battle, so to speak. Whereas there was just so much slapstick. So this was, what I, was I, I teased uh-huh. this earlier. When Jar Jar gets his face numbed by the little coupler, energy coupler thing, I looked over at my son and I said, do you think this is funny? Because he wasn't <laughs> laughing. And he kind of looked at me and smiled. He was like, I mean, a little bit. It's kind of funny. I'm like, because you're not laughing. Yeah. And like they, they made this, this part of the movie for you. For me? Well, okay, for your kids your age. He goes, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's it's... It's kind of funny. Like their their target <laughs> audience was not humored by what was happening. No, yeah, and, and it, I it think that's because flat. yeah, I think that's because it was the comedy that 
an adult would think a kid would enjoy. Yes. You know, yeah. and it, it wasn't original. It wasn't, what's the word? The original is not the word I'm looking for. Organic, I guess you could say. Yeah. I, I, I think of it, I think of it like this, right? Game of Thrones <laughs> up until maybe season five or six was absolutely brilliant. The story was amazing. And the rest of it fell completely on its face. And I think these prequels is when Star Wars fell on its face. They ran out of story. They ran out of creative storytelling and, and ideas, and and it just didn't work. Well, I, I'll disagree simply because this is George Lucas's dream, and this is his thing. I think the bigger issue is not that they ran out of ideas or story. I think he had the story. He's always had the story. Um. And he had a, and he had a very specific way he wanted to tell it, which is why he did it out of out of order, so to speak. But what I think the problem is is that George Lucas has now proven very vividly that he is not a good director, that he is a great yeah. producer. I mean, the the best Star Wars movie, arguably, we can have that argument. Well, we're not going to have it tonight, but the argument can be made that it's <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, which is one he didn't direct. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, uh-huh. like. Of the movies that he would have had the opportunity to direct, I, I know that we all hold Rogue yeah. One in high regard, but George Lucas oh, was yeah. well out of the picture. <laughs> Melissa's shaking her head no. The three of us love Rogue One. What? And, and of the of the eleven Star Wars movies that have been made, it's probably all in our top three. Yeah. So. Ouch! Sorry, dogs attacking. Yeah, but anyway, I, my, yeah. So, oh, you go, go ahead, Melissa. I um. Watching it with my kids actually made it better this time for me. I don't know. I don't know. My kids were laughing. They really liked the pod racer scene. Mm -hmm. And my son absolutely loves Darth Maul. And I think that's what's wrong with this movie is they could have implemented Darth Maul a little bit more. They had him in two scenes. Yeah. And we had this character that is just so... Like, yes, he's evil looking and he's awesome looking and he's got a dual saber you know uh-huh. how cool is this dude and we only get to see him like twice by you know? far the one of the best things to come out of the prequels is yeah. is darth maul and so, it was a wasted character agreed uh so there's there's lots and lots of trivia about this movie more than i could read in an evening so there's there's a lot that i didn't read but one of them was that the actor has gone on record saying that he recorded significantly more lines than what we saw. He has three lines in the whole movie, three uh-huh. in the entire movie. Uh-huh. And there, there's one that that's actually, if you go back and find the original trailer, there's this long kind of soliloquy about revenge. And cause he says in the movie, at last we'll have our revenge, but he goes on like this long, like why, what that means to him and like why he's doing the thing that he's doing. And there's, I mean, you guys are right. He's such a wasted character. And what makes him great is what we get to see later on in the cartoon where he becomes a really, really interesting character. And well, now that we're on the, the topic of characters, let me ask you this. Who was the main protagonist in this movie. I'd forgotten, but Qui-Gon Jinn has a lot of stuff. I mean, Liam Neeson <sighs> carries this movie. Yeah. yeah. Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah. right? He's not around long enough. They kill him off. 
they sh- they could have kept him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because he was a really well, I really liked him. I thought his character was great. But mm-hmm. how how would you without describing how he looks? How would you describe the Qui Gon Jinn character? I don't know. What you, I don't know what you're asking. Well, let me ask you this. All right, He's... without des- without describing any kind of looks or or um or or costume or anything like that, describe uh, Han Solo. Swashbuckling. Uh, uh, what was that going to I was going to say yeah. nerf herder, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, scruffy looking. That's right? the word I was looking for. Yeah. Like, he's a pirate, he's a space pirate. Okay, yeah, so, how about um, Luke? Um, uh, you know, whiny teen, yeah, <laughs> kind of a you know, whiny right? teen looking to make a, make a name for himself, kind of a thing, yeah. Okay. How about the how about Qui Gon Jinn? Uh, well, he's, he's <laughs> to me he's the he's the seasoned, you know, like if you relate this to a military film, he's, you know, he's the uh, the more experienced soldier that the younger one is learning from. What about Padme? Oh well, well, Padme, not Padme, but uh, back to Qui Gon. He actually it's is actually edamame. <laughs> He's actually <laughs> uh, he actually is is he actually fits the trope that his apprentice would later create, and that's what we call the Obi Wan trope. As when you have mentor man who's teaching the young buck about how to do things that we we refer to that as the Obi Wan Kenobi trope. He literally is that trope in this movie. Yeah. Um, well, I think part of the problem, and the reason I ask these questions is these characters are, are so undeveloped. We really have a hard time describing anything other than what they simply look like. You know, if, if I was, if Padme is, is barely developed in this movie, Anakin is barely developed. You know, if anything, this movie should have been about uh, the, the relationship between Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon Jinn. But we had two, two incredible actors, uh-huh. right? In yeah. these parts, why not focus it around them and then have the story of Anakin, you know, interwoven in their adventure, right? We watch Star Wars for the adventure. We don't watch it for for debates in the Senate. We don't watch it for dry, uh, you know, barely acted Padme scenes, right? Um, we watch it for an ad- adventure. And I personally think, and now that, that Game of Thrones is a thing, Qui-Gon Jinn's death should have rocked us to our core. Yep. And if he had been the protagonist of this movie, and if we had spent the majority of our time with him, mm-hmm. we we would have been absolutely rocked by his death, um, especially yeah. if the relationship with Obi-Wan had been focused on more. And I think they could have done it. But instead, George Lucas has so much extra crap that he, he just he d- couldn't see the, the forest through the trees. Yeah, the force. I agree. Just, just like in episode three, where you have the scene between Anakin and Obi Wan, that should have kind of been the same thing with, like, the feeling there of him losing his brother, right? Exactly. The theme we could didn't have been have running that. through all all three of these movies mm-hmm. of these these mentor mentee brother. You know what it means to be a mentor. What it means to be being trained. Um, you know, and the, one of the reasons why Anakin turned is because. He, you know, the the mentorship of the of of uh, 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 Palpatine, and and the yeah. abandonment that he felt from the from the Jedi. 
We should have gotten oh. Riggs and Murtaugh, and instead we got Riggs and the coffee guy. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't well, even get Riggs. That's the problem. Well, that's you true. Know, we, we didn't get Riggs. Riggs no. is at least a character. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't... We, I don't... Got two, we got two stiffs walking around with lightsabers and, and chopping up these droids with, like butter. And it just, again, it just was... It's such a poorly made, poorly directed movie. I'm just, it makes me mad when I watch it again. Well, I thought this earlier and I didn't say it. And, and I, it's something that I think about all the Star Wars films, even the first one. And people could debate me on this, and I'm sure George Lucas would deny it. But all of these movies, and this is like sacrilege to Star Wars fans, and I'm probably going to get hate mail for this, but I don't care. I kind of feel like George Lucas made all this up as he was going along. You know, That's like what it feels he like, it. yeah, he, he just it. like, you know, I just feel like some of the stuff he came up with on the fly and was like, nope, that's what I wanted the whole time. All right. <laughs> well, what kind of bothers me about it is like we had scenes like those that could have been cut, like that whole gooba fish chase scene. Oh, it could have yeah. been cut and it could been like a Darth Maul scene or more Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan forming a bond, but it wasn't. It was, hey, let's do this fish chase for five minutes. You know, that it was didn't need to be in there, one. And it had it served no purpose because they got to where they were going anyways. You know, it I don't know. They were they showing could have off done CGI. Or, yeah. or have a quirky conversation between a mentor and a mentee in a dangerous situation where they are are playing off each other or that they are creating this relationship. Yeah. There, there's ways to incorporate action into storytelling, and Lucas does not know how to do it. I think I think part of... Um, I guess I do want to say this. I guess I'm going to argue with Sam, but I don't really know why. But it Because it, um, I don't want to feel like I have to put myself in a position where I'm defending this movie. Well, it says you have to in the script. Well, you're not. Wrong. It does say that. Uh, I, <laughs> that I, is our thing. So Qui Gon you know, is in the movie a lot. Liam Neeson is in. He's probably in seventy five percent of this movie. So it's not like yeah. he's not in the movie. He's in it a lot. Um, now, most of the time, he's acting with children. Uh, and I include Jar Jar in the. the he's <laughs> most of the time he's hanging out on Tatooine. That's where most of his time is. And so we don't. You know what I'm saying? Like we get most so I think the relationship that we want to have between mentor and mentee, the only moment we get that it's genuine and nice, we have two, is his death, where he's where again he's not even thinking about it. And uh Obi-Wan, he says, You must promise me to you'll train the boy. So even in his dying moment, he's like defying the council, which is kind of funny. And then the only other moment was when he's in front of the council and he says, Obi-Wan is ready to take the trials. He has nothing more to learn from me. And they have this kind of sideways look like men do when they don't want to actually show emotions. They just kind of give that sideways look. <laughs> like that was a genuine moment. And I thought, okay, that's kind of neat. Let's have more of that. But because I think George feels like this movie is supposed to be about Anakin and his development that, because we're going to get Obi-Wan later. We're going to get Obi-Wan in two and three so we don't really need to have a lot of relationship between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon because because ultimately it doesn't matter. I hate to say it, and I think Sam, you mentioned earlier, this movie doesn't need to exist because you could literally, I could start my son on episode two and nothing would have changed because there isn't yep. a character that's in two that was we were introduced to in one that matters. 
Yeah. The, the only person that we it's, don't... It's, it's almost the, uh, the, the Indiana Jones problem, right? Where there's absolutely nothing that any of these people do to, that really uh, impact the, the final uh, yeah. the Ultimately, result. I think that Qui-Gon affects this yeah. movie. I think Darth Maul affects this movie. I don't think that's totally the Indiana Jones bit. But over the overarching, over the three movies... I mean, really, I guess Qui-Gon's lasting uh, effect is that he kind of guilts Obi-Wan into training Anakin, which without that moment, we'd never have a Darth Vader, right? So, I mean, obviously, yeah. those those yeah. moments have, have lasting thing. But, like, my point is is that I could, my, I could not... My son could watch episode two, having never seen one, and immediately get off, you know, off the bat, this Amandala person is a senator, and that's cool. She's young, but whatever. And here's Anakin, and here's Obi Wan, and we don't need to know. Like we don't like. There's never a mention of. Well, Qui Gon is mentioned again in Episode Three, but you know, it's just. I, I you guys are one hundred percent right that there was a missed opportunity in. In creating a relationship between the two of them, or creating a relationship between. Qui-Gon and the kid. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe if Qui-Gon dies defending the kid or something, like, then maybe mm -hmm. his impact, maybe it's more impactful, I don't know, uh, instead of right. him accidentally yeah. saving the day. Um, Agreed. And then doing the trope that I can't stand. Like, I don't understand why when he blows up the capital ship and all the droids deactivate, they break. Like, is... <laughs> Is the they're, they're magnetized. Is it, that what it is? It's all about magnetism. It has to be. That's the only the only logical excuse, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I get it. They just turned off, but I don't understand why they slump over and then their heads fall off. It makes zero sense. But yeah, yeah. The the droids, while they look interesting, they're just. I don't know why these two Jedi didn't just go and try to massacre the entire droid army. While they were on these, you know, hiding on the ship, um, because they could have just stopped the war right then and there. Um, because the, the droids just can't do anything. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, which seems dumb because they're droids. They they the only yeah, imperfections that programmed. Yeah. yeah, the only imperfections would be in the blaster, in the in the aim ability of the blaster. But they should never miss. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I like how um, whenever they're examining one of those ships. They're talking about the accuracy of stormtroopers in this one, too. Did you guys yeah. catch that? They're actually talking about the accuracy of stormtroopers. I remember they said that in A New Hope. Did they say that in this one, too? Was it this one? I watched both of them this weekend. I could have them both crossed. Yeah, because so. Obi-Wan makes... like That's a great argument that has been brought up before. I think even I've said it on this podcast, is that when... Yeah, when it was Obi-Wan. Yeah, when Obi-Wan is talking to Luke... He says these blast points are too far too accurate to be sand people. These are done by stormtroopers. Right. And <laughs> and it like it begs the question is then why are the stormtroopers so bad at shooting? And then if you look at in a new hope, they needed them to escape so that they would because they, they had a tractor uh, a tracking Track, device tracker beam. on the yep. uh, Falcon. So the stormtroopers were specifically told don't kill them. Right? Like just shoot near them, right? And then um, because the stormtroopers wipe out the rebel base in in on Hoth. Now again, they have giant yep. walking tanks, but uh, they wipe them out pretty quickly. 
And then the next time we see stormtroopers aiming badly is when they're trying to get Luke to go fight Vader in five. Now there's kind of no excuse for them getting their asses kicked by little giant teddy bears, but little giant teddy bears. That's not a thing. But, <laughs> but then, Speaking. but then in Phantom Menace, you have the sand people sniping people off of moving targets, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they just, they mixed them up. Whatever. Speaking of the uh, the Ewoks, I know we talked about that earlier, but let's let's revisit Jar Jar for just a moment. (laughs) Shall we? (laughs) We have to. Yeah, we have to because it. I thought about this when I was watching it. If they had said, "All right, when we're filming this, we're not going to have Jar Jar speak anything that's uh, that we can understand." You know, we just want him to. Make some sort of Gungan language, and and kinda we can like, have the Jedi interpret. Kind of like Chewbacca. Kind of like how, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Would we have found it less annoying? Yes. I think so. I I, I really so. do. Yeah. Because it sounded like the way that a toddler would speak. Maybe I think even some toddlers speak better than pig Latin. Than yeah, pig Latin. It just, I, I think that because. We're we're on an alien planet. Everybody speaks English, and then suddenly we have like the the Wookies and the the Ewoks that don't speak a language that we can understand. Yeah, and we're okay with those, you know. Yeah. But it's not get... very Star Wars of Lucas to have everybody speaking English, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we yeah, Chewbacca doesn't speak English. Job of the Hut needs a translator because you know Hut ease is its own language, which we learn later. I mean, we're okay with it not being translated. I mean, just just Han's reaction to Chewie is good, you know, when Han, Chewie just makes a noise and Han says, "Oh, you're cold." Like those, there's, there's a, like we didn't know that he needed to, he, we didn't need to hear him say, "I'm cold." It's perfectly fine, and. I, I think, Andrew, you're onto something that maybe, like, because Jar Jar and Yoda are the only two species in the universe that speak broken English. And, uh-huh. and one of them sounds intelligent. Well, one of them and, doesn't. The, and the Trade Federation people. Yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, but look at. Um, I guess you're right. Look at uh, Groot from the Avengers, or, yeah. you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. He doesn't yeah. say a word other than I am Groot, but we all get it. And we love him for it. You know, I think it's one of the most beloved characters in, in the franchise. Um, but I, I just feel like had, had we not needed all that dialogue and not needed the ridiculous sound that comes out of his mouth, we, maybe we wouldn't hate him that much. Yeah. Mm. And he'd be more like a cute pet than it would be a, uh, yeah. a, a, a person, I guess you could say. I just... I remember... I remember whenever this came out and I, when I saw it, I had just started talking to my husband. Like we had just started dating basically. And I told him how much I hated Jar Jar Binks. And then one day <laughs> he was at college and he, he was eating cereal and he bought, he got this little um, Jar Jar out of a box of cereal and he, <laughs> he handed it to me. And I, I was like, I'm just going to throw this thing away, you know, and I've ended up keeping it. Because it reminds me of how much I actually hated this character. <laughs> and I keep it back behind me on my shelf because I need a reminder every once in a while that I hate Jar Jar Binks. So. Maybe that's a good way one to like, the, focus your... One of the your, rare... Uh, yeah. 
focus your anger towards what that is, thing. You know, like your kids are driving you crazy. Yeah. It's like I'll just stare at this entombed Jar Jar. <laughs> not yeah, at least it's not Jar Jar. Um, yeah. So for those who listen that are following us also on on Twitter, is um, so Sam posted a funny thing on. Uh, <laughs> or he created the the logo with a dead Jar Jar, and it's really interesting. Is that I'm getting some interesting reactions to it. And one of the things I have gotten is if you watch Clone Wars, Jar Jar is actually awesome. He saves their butts a couple times, and that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jar Jar is less awful in the Clone Wars. So someone made this a cartoon, for God's sake. So someone oh. made this on this this argument the other day, and though I don't totally agree, I know the people that do. I actually like Avengers: Age of Ultron. I don't hate it the way some people do. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, but some people have said that that the um, WandaVision show has made that movie better. Yes, because much better. Oh, yeah. And I don't disagree with that notion. And that's why, having now seen all of the, the cartoon, all of the Clone Wars, I'm about to jump into Bad Batch, it does kind of help with the prequel movies a little bit, in my opinion. It does but make- the, movie, the movie should stand alone. You're not I mean, wrong. Again, you're, you shouldn't have to read a novel to understand. Well, you shouldn't have to add four hours to your your Justice League movie for me to like it, but some reason, you, <laughs> but you had to. So there's that. Last couple notes I want to get through before we get into some clips and some other things that we that we typically do is uh, I think that the entire long game plan is kind of ridiculous and and it's kind of hard to follow and i'm i'm i've seen this movie probably a dozen times and i'm still not 100 percent sure what the point of it all was but that's fine i know that ultimately palpatine needs to become the chancellor it just feels like there are less dumb ways to get there just have an actual <laughs> vote just become well and there, there's there's also so much that could happen in his scheme that is not up to him yeah yeah, exactly. Right, it's just you know, if if all of a sudden uh, Padme decides to uh, <laughs> decides to to get you know weak in the knees and 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 not you know decides to sign the paperwork, right? Then his whole scheme is off whack. Yeah, it's there's a lot you of know. it that just thinks if the Jedi actually like capture the Trade Federation at the beginning of the movie and they're like, well, we're, we're actually working for a Sith Lord. Wait, what? Oh, okay, who? <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, yeah. You're not wrong. His plan, I don't have the clip in front of me, but his plan kind of sucks. It's just, let's just be clear. Yeah. His plan is kind of dumb. And, and that leads me to some other things. Now, again, love Star Wars as a whole. I love the, the, the Clone Wars cartoon, whatever. But I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around the idea of invading a planet. Like, Naboo <laughs> must be small. And I have like they they did travel through the core to get to the other side, yeah, in, in only a few in, hours, in a few hours or minutes. For, we don't really know. We have no idea. But yeah. I mean, Naboo must be really small. The fact that you know their entire defense system is like eleven pilots and about thirteen dudes and a couple of tanks. You know, just it's. I mean, obviously they're not on gun happy Earth like we are, but it just. There's there's nine billion people here. This is gonna take a lot of drones. To, you know, I just it feels and they do this all in Star Wars. It just feels like every planet in Star Wars has about ten thousand people on it total. Yeah, they just pretty much took Cuba and rolled it up into a ball, and 
that's the planet. Yeah, I just, I that, yeah. that's, and the idea also that I don't know. I'm, 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 maybe I'm, in that galaxy though, planets are just smaller. I mean, you're, you're, maybe you're right. Maybe they're, they're, <laughs> the planets are smaller and and scarcely populated. I mean, we we. We're okay. I mean, I guess I have to be okay with the fact that there's a planet that elects a queen. Why is she a queen? You don't elect queens. And because I even remember when I watching it originally, and when Palpatine says she was elected, I thought, what? You don't elect queens. That doesn't make sense. Call her President Amidala. There's no reason to make her queen. Make her president. We don't follow our... Earthly rules. Isn't that how she talks the entire time? Yes, it's so bad. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, don't move your jaw. That that's that's the direction she well, got. Well, in all fairness, she could not move because she had a huge crescent <laughs> roll on her head. Now my my wife asked me that. She asked me, why does she talk in monotone when she's in queen garb? And I said it's because it's the only way that her and Kira Knightley can sound the same. Because yeah. if they both use their normal voices, they would sound different enough that people would realize that she's not the queen. Maybe. You yeah, because she sounds different in in two and three. She sounds very different in two and three. Now she's a better actor. Uh, she's you know getting more chops. But when she's just ha- pounding around with them on Tatooine, she doesn't sound like that. She doesn't sound like no. robot chick. Um, now knowing the the big you know reveal at the end. I'm going back and watching to see if there are moments when Kira Knightley is the, the print, you know, the queen, if she's looking to Padme for cues, right? Because because she seems to be making decisions, and that seems weird. Um, yeah, you know, it, like it, it felt like we she was. I don't know. It felt like she was as it, acting as the queen more than she probably should have. Uh, it just seemed like it's she was like making decisions. Chris Hemsworth letting his stunt double. Make some of the acting decisions for him. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, why does the governor stay? It was another note I, I made. Let's see. Oh, I also wrote. It's hard to imagine that the Gungans are higher on the food chain than those giant underwater dinosaur things. I, I, I feel like the Gungans would have lost that battle a long time ago. There's <laughs> only three of them. One of them got and, eaten. And, so. And by the end, yeah, there was only two by There's the only end. Two, so. Yeah. The Godzilla-looking thing. Um, how do you blockade an entire planet? Again, that always annoyed me in Star Wars. It's like there's four ships, and they're on the in. They're, they're at this. There's 360 degrees you could fly away from, and yet we have to go even to, more. Yeah, even more than 360 degrees. I guess you're right. That's on a singular plane. Fear. Yeah, you're right. Ouch, dog. Ow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I literally know your pain. Uh, you I, I just. That's always been a thing in Star Wars. It's like there's one ship directly in front of us. We can go in any direction, right? But whatever, you know. Or it's like the Death Star. They come at a light speed. We have to orbit this planet. Why can't you just use light speed for another two seconds to get on the other side of the planet instead of waiting thirty minutes to go around? Whatever, it's fine. Um, Midi chlorian count stats for Jedi is a known thing. I think that's kind of weird to know. You know, it's. That was the dumbest thing it, um, among the dumb things that Lucas did is to demystify the Force. In Why this would uh, what would they put on their playing cards? <laughs> you have to have your your midichlorian count. 
Yeah. Mini chlorine count. The last thing I wrote down was that they need proof of the invasion. This is the dumbest plot point in the entire movie. They go to the Senate and say, hey, the Trade Federation has invaded my planet. And they're like, there's no proof. What? I have... <laughs> I have battle damage done to my ship from that you attacked me. Here's a video message of my governor from the planet saying the death toll is catastrophic. Like this, this is not up for debate. This, like, I don't understand in this world of technology. Why can't they just phone? All right. Anybody got Skype? Let's just Skype the planet now and see who answers. Cause I bet you it's the Viceroy. It's not going to be my governor. Like I don't understand. They did disrupt communications, by the way, to the entire planet. Okay, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> I can't communicate with my planet because the Trade Federation has limited our. Like, there's this it's moment a, it's makes a, it's a solar flare. This I moment mean, it, makes nothing, no, no sense. Nothing worries here. It makes no sense. <laughs> this is the argument. And then and then when Palpatine's like, "Here comes the bureaucrats," blah. But I'm like, "But that's the same bureaucrat that you keep on when you become." Chancellor, I don't understand. Either they're bad or they're not. <sighs> See now, this is the stuff I get fired up about. It's like, yeah, Qui Gon and Obi Wan could have been better, but how do you not like? Okay, all right, I'm done. Any other notes you guys got before I do clips? Well, I do just want to say that the music, the oh. score to oh, this, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's is oh. is is great. It's another He's masterpiece. Genius from john williams uh the the duel of the fates the the song that he or the piece that they do when uh anakin and the chancellor are talking in the uh, oh no that's in the second one never mind scratch that well i actually <laughs> like the parade at the end too the gungan parade yeah, that's a yeah, lot of fun I, I like the horn riffs in it and stuff there, there's there's a lot to be i mean the music is is great i mean obviously duel of the fates is the best thing to come out of this movie well, yes, other than yep. by far Darth Maul, maybe, but yeah, yeah. All right. He's my favorite composer. He's amazing. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. Oh no, Agree. it's great stuff. It's all it's all the best. I mean, even his mm-hmm. his new stuff with the new movies. I like Ray's theme. I think yes. it's very lovely. And yep. Have, yeah. you, have you guys heard the theme to Galaxy's Edge? It's at, at uh, Disney. No. no, that's the one that he'd recently won. Uh, I guess an Emmy or Academy Award or something. I don't know what he won. Award, but yeah. Um, I, but uh, it, it's it's great. It sounds nothing I, like Star Wars, but it's great. Huh. I was gonna say um, I just finished up episode three, and I I think it was too much Williams in that one. Believe it or not, oh, never <laughs> there, there, could happen. There were times when it, the 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 music was. And obviously, I love all his music, but the music was so epic and so amazing, and it's like a ship docking. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> So? Okay, the best okay. ship docking scene ever. I want that ever. when I go park my car. It's like yeah. we don't have to have this all the time, you know. It just yeah, anyway. So. You don't. I would take it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Time when I'm walking through my house. Time for some clips. I don't have a lot, uh, but I have a okay. few. Uh, this is said in every Star Wars movie ever. I have a bad feeling about this. And that's the first line spoken. Uh, by a Jedi in this movie is that line. So nice. He was actually talking about the movie itself. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, so this clip is actually an audio review of our podcast. Um, this is this is actually not from Star Wars. This is from an audio review of our podcast. Though for some reason, 
Uh, Sam sounds like Jar Jar, but that's okay. Oh, Mui, Mui, I love you. You almost got us killed. Are you brainless? I speak. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Now get out of here. See, like, it's kind of mean. I don't know. I just just because we do a <laughs> podcast and we can speak. Anyway. Uh, this is the first moment, and I, believe, I, I know it's hard to imagine that it, it took about 12 minutes before, uh, maybe closer to 20 minutes before I did my first big eye roll, but this was the moment in which I started to kind of hate Melissa. So here you go. <laughs> that moment? <laughs> Sorry, I got I to gotta start over. You guys are laughing. All right, here we go. <laughs> Where are you taking that? To Coruscant. What? Who programmed uh, that the dr- moment? Is what made it hate made you oh. hate me? That <laughs> this is this was the first part, yeah. Because because the idea is that either these robots are so sentient that they that they have you know they have free will, or someone programmed it to say uh. Why would you do that? I don't understand that. Because the AI is learning. Because no point in any of the other three Star Wars movies, right? Four, five, and six, do we ever hear C3PO say, um, I don't know what to say. That's he's a protocol droid. He's he he has been trained in the art of language. R two D two says it all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, he he's got actually got a potty mouth on him, um, but exactly. I just that that's so annoying. Um, uh, you're uh, under arrest, and that's the biggest complaint I've had. We've all, uh, Sam and Andrew and I, have said about the Clone Wars cartoon series is that the the first season is nothing but that stuff, and it's just yes. the worst. Um, to my dragon, I, I'm debating jumping into the second season because I just can't, I can't get I, through I, it. I think I, oh, it gets far better. It's so good, dude. I mean, seriously, yeah. you have to take your medicine in one, and if you've suffered one, it only gets better. It gets so mm-hmm. much better. Ahsoka, <sighs> like, by the time you get into season like three and four, you're in. You're, I'm telling you, dude. Just, just don't, what, watch it with the girls. Yeah. Kind of like mm-hmm. how we tell you to watch The Office, right? Right. Yeah, yeah you should do that, Sean. Okay. Is that a, is that a thing? If I start watching or, The or Office, to, you'll do. Or to finish up uh, Game of Thrones until season seven or season six. I vote Office. Yeah, office. office is, I, yeah, I think you would enjoy the office. Office more. is a little bit less of a time commitment too. Like I can watch yeah. an episode at work, you know, during my lunch. I don't break. know. Wait until you get to the episode at, um, with Will Ferrell in it, and it feels like a very long time. <laughs> okay. Uh, for my, so here's a weird thing. So I, I I clipped this part because it was just this part. You know, this this is a dumb bit of dialogue, but. Only if you really are desperate, go back and watch Obi Wan, or I guess, um, well, Obi Wan, I forgot his real name, uh, Ewan McGregor. Watch his mouth. He doesn't say the word 20,000. I don't know what he says, but it's not 20,000. It's dubbed over. But anyway, huh. um, I, I entitled this over 9,000. So there you go for my, my Dragon Ball Z fans out there. It's over 9,000. The reading is off the chart. Over 20,000. Even Master Yoda doesn't have a midichlorian count that high. No Jedi has. Because I have all their stat cards. But he he does <laughs> not say 20,000. So maybe whatever he said, 
they came back and thought maybe that doesn't sound enough. I don't know, but whatever. I'll trade you a Yoda card for a Qui Gon card. Yeah, I actually I don't know if you guys remember this. <laughs> I had a I had a Darth Maul card, but it ripped in half. Oh, oh, boo! No, that's actually great. That's great. <laughs> That's amazing. No, that's uh, I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, last clip I have is the line that I just what? Okay, here we go. To state our allegations, I present Queen Amidala, recently elected ruler of the Naboo, who speaks on our behalf. And everyone said she's twelve. What is she doing here? <laughs> you elected a queen. Yeah, you elected, and a... she's twelve. Yeah, who elected? And what's on her head? What? What was your campaign slogan? The, the hair? I don't know. Okay. Uh, before I do trivia, we have a really cool little thing. So I have a little, basically, uh, like a little promo that I'm going to do for my buddy Steven here. So uh, we're going to take a little break and let Steve Everett take over for a moment. Hey, Cheap Seat Review Nation. This is friend of the podcast, Steve Everett. Maybe you've heard my song as the intro to Cheap Seat Reviews, but I've got a new record, Little Wins, and it's out everywhere worldwide. You can find out more at steveeverett.net, and I'd love to have you listen. Thanks a lot. Very cool. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, you should have been listening to Steve Everett. Yeah, I you know I actually got his his uh, album and it's pretty good. His album is I like it. It is good. It is. Yeah, the new one that came out. Yeah, I I it's like I you mentioned it, it's country. It is, and, I don't uh, listen to music, I so uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's probably pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as evidenced by the song he's playing there, you should you should check it out. It's good. All right, time for this. Yeah. Now for some more bad news. Ready? A little bit of trivia here that I captured. Uh, again, there's so much of it. So Liam Neeson was so eager to be in the film that he signed on without ever having read the script. Oh, <laughs> and then sense. he said, ooh, should have read <laughs> it. Whoa, 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 wait a second. <laughs> I actually, um, while we were getting ready for the, the podcast, I actually read online that he is trying his best to get cast in the, uh, the Obi-Wan um, <sighs> Disney Plus show. Oh, that'd be oh. cool. He'd be a for- he could be a force so. ghost. He can be kind of yep. guiding Obi-Wan. That's a cool. I like that. Yep. During filming, Ewan McGregor made lightsaber noises as he dueled. George Lucas <laughs> explained many times that sound effects would be added by the special effects people later on. Ewan said, I kept getting carried away. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I love it. Another reason to love him. Yeah, he's good. Yes. Uh, Ewan McGregor recalled that his performance in the film consisted of walking into rooms and looking up. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> He's not wrong. Uh, 20th Century Fox released the first trailer with strict instructions that it not be shown before a certain date. When a Canadian movie theater accidentally showed it a day early, they lost the rights to show the movie. Oh, George Lucas doesn't play, man. It's just it's crazy. Um, I, the, one other one I, I read that I didn't capture, but it was talked about how when they aired this, when they sent it to uh, Japan. Uh, the Japanese, like their like their version of the MPAA, or whatever, like cut out a bunch of the Jar Jar Binks stuff because they thought it was real bad, racist. Well, so racist. they just they just cut a bunch of his stuff out, and then eventually they uh, George Lucas saw it that version of it, and he basically said that that's an illegal edit, and if you don't show my version, then you don't get to show it. So. 
And lastly, an Easter egg. The Starship Enterprise from the Next Generation can be seen briefly amongst the traffic flying around Coruscant. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't cool. see it, but I kind of want to go back and watch it and find it. Because, yeah. because they put R2 is in at least two of the new Star, uh, Star Trek movies, the J.J. Abrams ones. He's, R2 is in two of them. I knew that you could see... Uh, there was one of the prequels that you can see them the Millennium Falcon flying into like dock at some, oh, yeah, some space somewhere. Yeah. The, the other one that, that we read that I, w- I haven't been able to confirm is that the Serenity is in the end of Rise of Skywalker. So, yeah. Huh. Anyway, time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. So we, we originally would do, normally we would do top three, uh, you know, like, Liam Neeson movies or movies with kids or whatever, but we decided to do something very different. This is not normally something we do, but we're doing it this time. Top three things that we would use, do to fix the movie, so to speak. So we're taking a page from somebody else's podcast that does this kind of thing. So Andrew, uh, you actually normally go last on this segment, so I will continue this streak. Uh, Melissa, you get to go first. <laughs> <laughs> as he leans into his microphone and then leans away. That was great. Okay. Um, I would, um, beyond getting gasoline and setting fire to it, <laughs> I would say that it dragged. It needed to be picked up in certain areas so you didn't just fall asleep. Uh-huh. And then it needed a little bit more action. And then it needed more, Dar- D- more Darth Maul to make it, make that character worth its weight i mean i feel like there's some consequences to things yeah yes yes yeah okay sam yeah um i'm kind of along the same lines i have a first of all i'm going to say create stakes with the droid army um they they in no way shape or form are threatening in any way shape or form so um if uh blue balls can take them down um they're they're not very uh, I never understood why they opposing. had to, why they had to wait for the army to step through their shields before they started throwing those things. Like, yeah. listen, guys, blue balls can take me down. Uh, it's rough. Yeah, I'm just saying, if if you can work through it, good for you. Yeah. But <laughs> um, I'm gonna my my second painful. thing here is is to designate a main character or protagonist and follow that character throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, I think they tried to expand it a little bit too fast. The ensemble, you know, because there, there are movies that, that do ensemble work well. This is not one of them. And then I, my number one, uh, cut the movie by about 45 minutes. Take out some of the filler and, uh, and let's streamline this thing. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I wrote down, don't kill your two most interesting characters. Um, Amen. Less uh-huh. dumb stuff, like the, again the droids and the Jar Jar, like the, the Jar Jar, like not just Jar Jar, but I mean the the slapstick uh, Three Stooges comedy bit. Let's get rid of that stuff and make the plot less confusing. Yeah, it's, it's Star Wars. Like that's the big pull for Star Wars that it's simple. That's why people like I like Star Wars better than Star Trek because it's there's less it's less confusing and there's a lot. It's just more action. Well, not. Not in these, not this movie. So uh, just no, Andrew. 
So our friends at Sudden But Inevitable podcast say that we need to lament Darth Maul, and I lament Darth Maul. I wish that we had more Darth Maul and Qui-Gon in this movie. And I feel like, I agree with Sam, I feel like the uh, the Qui-Gon and the uh, Obi-Wan story should have been the star of this. You know, that should have been the main plot line and, and fill out the rest of it in the mix, you know, um, make it a buddy cop type film and fill out the rest of the story within moments of, you know, filler throughout that and cut out the Jar Jar. Let JJ Abrams do this thing. This is number two for me. Sorry. I didn't say the number three. I lost it. Number two, let JJ do this. I know he wasn't like big on the scene, but we need more lens flare and everything that we do. And then, <laughs> and then number one, let's just not be racist. Yeah, sure. There we go. I'm trying to look back and see what J.J. Abrams was doing in 99. I mean, he hasn't even done Lost yet. It was like an episode of The Office. Uh, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Actually, no, that was later. It was 2004, right? He, when that uh, came out. he produced yeah. something called The Suburbans in 99. Let's see if he it was, was far doing. better. He was doing Felicity. He was directing episodes of Felicity in 99. Well, okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I just, I do think that, you know, George Lucas, if he would have been able to, to just be executive producer, here's the vision. Now some other director, go. But I, I swear though, I feel like he just he was coming up with this thing as he as he went, and that's why no one else could direct it because no one else knew where it was going. Well, maybe that's he, just, he, de- know, he definitely we, needed some more no no men or yes, you know get rid needed, of the yes men around him. Yeah, he needed to. You're, you're not wrong, Sam. There, I think that part is right. I think that there's no one that was willing to challenge him on his set because he is. George Mother F and Lucas, you know, I just, yep. I, I don't think I think that is that is the issue personally. Um, so, all right, time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Uh, we're gonna give this movie a score. IMDb has it as six point five. So, take that for what uh. it's worth. Uh, Andrew, you go first. Like I said, it didn't bother me as much when I first saw it as it does now, and I feel like George Lucas got in an, in the way, and I don't want to say ruined something that could have been spectacular, but I think he kind of ruined something that could have been spectacular. So I'm going to give it a good 4.7. Out of ten, right? Yeah, at least he didn't Game of Thrones it, right? Yeah. Where the last season completely ruined any and utterly all momentum right. um, for for it. So yeah, he came close. I will say that, Melissa. I'm going to give it a six point seven because it is not episode two. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fine, Sam. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm going to award some points for Darth Maul and the Darth Maul scene. I thought was really well done. Hearing the Williams score was a breath of fresh air after what twenty something years? Was uh-huh. it twenty years? 
uh-huh. um, of not hearing and 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 the feeling you got in the theater when the scroll started and you heard that. Um, I wish I could just replicate that, you know. And uh, um, I'm trying to think of do I give them any other points? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, well, no, I'll give I'll give them uh, Industrial Light and Magic for um, for what they did with the sound and some of the uh, the the graphics. So I'm going to give it a good three out of ten. Oh wow. No, you really didn't like this movie. That high. I, I, I wanted to take one. I, I really didn't want to go above a two, but um, I, forgot, I forgot about the sound quality. So, it's a horrible movie. It's horrible, and it makes me mad. There, there are a few movies out there that Keep still that that they, that you know there are movies that purposely make you mad, right? You know, uh, Chicago Seven, and uh, you know some of those those types of movies that just like God, I can't believe it's happening. This movie is supposed to entertain me, and all it does is piss me off. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it, I cannot give it a good score. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Uh, while you were um, uh, bashing the movie, I, I did a quick Google search for the Enterprise in the movie, and I saw it. So, okay. There it is. <laughs> Life is complete. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's whatever. Uh, I don't dislike it as much as you, Sam, and I certainly don't like it as much as you, Melissa. So I'm going to give it somewhere in between. I'm just going to give it a five. Just a five. It's fine. It's not great. It's not terrible. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's terrible. Um, it's terrible. It's, it's not a good movie. I don't think it's terrible, <laughs> but it's it's not good. Um, but I don't I don't hate it like some people hate it. I also don't hate any of the sequel movies like some people hate the sequel movies they're just you know they're just i don't know i actually like the sequels better than i like the prequels i I love the sequels i like all three of them for different reasons but i like all three of them and and i also you know love rogue one and heck we were watching solo tonight before we finished up watching this movie and I like that movie. I think there's a lot of fun in that movie, too. So I think people need to lighten the F up, is what I'm trying to say. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All that having been said is that we're done with the thing. Uh, the last little dumb thing we have to do on our list of things I'm supposed to do is our quote game. So I'm going to play this sounder here. Stupid book there we go i think that's appropriate uh this quote this is the game that we do uh, melissa you don't have to participate but it's a game where i read a giant i have a giant list of movie quotes 101 classic movie quotes i read one and people who listen at home get to participate here's the quote here's johnny i don't i don't i don't i don't act it jack it's jack nicholson yes no yeah so this is in batman as the yeah. Joker. As the Joker. Yep. He said, here's John. <laughs> uh, next week. We is it okay that is it okay that I participated? It's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's totally fine. Okay. I think <laughs> I think again our listening audience probably hear, hears me say, here's Johnny, and they know exactly what I'm saying. Um, it's the Johnny Carson show. And then it's some people man. are probably going, That Sean Bastard doesn't like the greatest cinematic film of all time, and that's fine too. It's great. It's not. Um Next week, we're doing episode two, Attack of the Clones, uh, which is a weird name. They're not really attacking. It's more like the defense of the clones, right? It's a weird name for a movie. Yeah, I never thought about that. I guess we can talk about that next week, though. 
Yeah, there's a great TikTok video where a kid went back and renamed all ten or all nine movies. Like you like change the order of which they should be released. Like the names, I mean, not the movie order, but like yeah. the names. And it's yeah. perfect. It's brilliant. It really is brilliant. Um, go find it. It's great. So next week, huh. Attack of the Clones. Uh, in the meantime, you can go back and listen to all of our old episodes. Guys, I found the magic button and have un- unleashed the dam. All 344 other episodes are now available on YouTube oh, or on on, um, crap. on iTunes. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, last week, right before we started recording, I was messing around and found out that I, there's a button, and I pressed the button. And so our download numbers have completely skewed. So if you're listening to this show and you've only been listening for the last you know, f- you know few months or whatever, and you notice that your, your iTunes queue now has... All 300 plus episodes. <laughs> That's my fault. We're sorry. I'm so I'm both sorry and excited that now you have an opportunity to go back and listen to Star Crash or Dark Man or uh, episode 34 or Congo. I don't know what episode 34 is. <laughs> um, but go back and listen to those old ones. They're a lot of fun, and we sound very different. Um, or it's just because Sam's older. No. I shut up and get off my lawn. Also, you can go to cheapseatreviews.libsyn.com. There you can find links to all of our social media things as well as all of our old episodes. And that's a really good place that you can go to connect with us. Also, please, 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 please leave us a review check on out, iTunes. And check out Sean's OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, actually, we we've started a, a GoFundMe to to actually get him to stop that. Oh. <laughs> so we we found ourselves making more money with the, with that than the actual no, OnlyFans Sean site. Accurate it, things. It's kind of like a snowman eating marshmallows in a blizzard, but. It's <laughs> The feet, pi- the feet pics are just weird. You need to kind of stop that, man. <laughs> Over the top. Oh my god! <laughs> if you're still listening, I hope that was worth it. Because my god, that, that was fantastic. Um, oh, nice. If that what was that snowman? If that doesn't go on a headliner video, I'm not doing my job right. Um, oh my god! Leave us a review on <laughs> iTunes, uh, YouTube, not Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, Podchaser is now a thing. If you want to leave us a review there, that's also very cool. But like for real, iTunes is great. Uh, I think we had another actually another uh, lovely person leave us a review on iTunes, which I will um, try to find while I'm reading other things. Um, Cheapseatreviews at gmail.com is, of course, our email address that you can send us requests. Like how Melissa said, hey, we should do this thing, and we said, okay. So that's 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 literally all it takes is for you just to ask us to do it, and we will do it. Much we may even let you come on the show and talk to us. Uh, that, yep. that is definitely going to happen. We have some... <laughs> We have we have some really great guests coming up. I'm very excited, uh, especially next week. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we have a review as of um, about well, five, or, five or six days ago uh, from someone named Kale Chip. Kale Chip 11. Always have a good time listening to these guys. It's fun to see a movie and then listen to them break it down afterwards. 
a lot of the time they have nice things. They notice things that I miss. I hope you enjoy their stuff as much as I do. Oh, well, thank you, Kale Chip. That's, yeah, that's the guy from Canada that I know. Oh, that's weird. There he is. Yeah, very full circle. Yeah. You're by the way, you're very close, Opie. Episode twenty nine was Congo. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's gonna do it. That's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, so on behalf of Andrew. And Sam, Melissa, thank you so much for coming back on. This was a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. next time yeah, we thanks. have you back on, we're actually yeah. going to review a good movie. And uh, <laughs> she's like, I'll I challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sean saying thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheap Seat Reviews.